Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Captain Eric Trout, and you're listening to Impact Outdoor Podcast. Flip Palette was on Spanish Fly, was another um, fly fishing one, and seeing the difference seeing people hook tarpon that's yeah all that um all that uh played a part it's just it was really what got me into it into fly fishing in general was i didn't get into it until after i was a guide and doing the blue water stuff and you know i enjoyed that and i enjoyed bay fishing i've always enjoyed fishing of any kind but then i kind of bought a fly rod on a on a whim and I went out and started just practicing waiting out you know just casting messing around and I still remember the first fish I ever hooked on a fly rod with a fly tied it was just needlefish and that was just a little needlefish in the shallows but I was as excited as I was when I was a kid catching that fish and it brought brought that whole feeling that I got when I was a kid from then I was hooked I mean it get just the challenge of all of it and then I've just you know progressed and gotten into the permit thing and redfish permit and tarpon and all that yeah that's uh that's what's looking like gonna happen so no we uh um ended up I've had the idea of opening a fly shop and then I kept telling myself it's not gonna work it's not time yet it's not gonna work and then like we were just talking about seeing more and more people fly fishing, um, fly fishing and getting into it. And I'm getting a lot more interest and um, decided that I think that it'll finally work. And I got to talking with our mutual friend, Stacy Glenn, about it. And um, we talked about it and came together and decided that, you know, this is something that um, the island needs and can support now. And we're moving forward.
Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode here at Impact Outdoors Podcast. We've got another episode coming up from the Huntfish Podcast Summit we did this spring out at the Warren Ranch. And uh, on this week's show, we've got Captain Eric Trout from Galveston Fly Fishing Adventures. Um, Captain Eric is a fly fishing guy down here in the Galveston Bay area and uh, has a really cool background, you know, growing up fishing and, and uh, going in and to the, to the Marine Corps. Um, got some medical field experience and then all kinds of fishing charter experience from inshore offshore now to fly fishing here and uh, just a huge passion about the sport and we're really happy to have him at the summit with us this year he's got a lot going on down in Galveston opening up the island's first fly fishing shop so we're excited to to get the word out about that and uh, hear his story today so let's jump right into this week's episode with Captain Eric Trout. All right, man. Well, I'm excited to have you here, Eric, and uh, glad that you're able to come up here and join us here at the Hunt Fish Podcast Summit here at the Warren Ranch, and uh, how you been doing? I've been good. Thanks for the invite, and I'm glad to be here. Things yeah. have been good, and we got some stuff going on down on Galveston Island. And Awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to hear about all that stuff you and uh, our mutual friend Stacy Lynn's got going on down there, and um, um, excited to to see what all comes out of this weekend and and um but uh i'd like to start out you know kind of seeing uh where your uh, background in fishing started you know as a kid or was it you know later on in life and how, how'd that all start out for you grew up fishing started fishing with my dad uh initially i'd say bass fishing and did that eventually found my way to the coast and uh got into um Fishing on the coast, fishing in the bay, then offshore, and then got into the fly fishing game, and that's that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Man, so what was the, like, were you captaining, I'm assuming, in all three levels, all three stages of that, you know, inshore, offshore, and fly? Uh, eventually, I was. I, um... I, my i guess first step into professional um professional fishing was deck handing offshore boats okay. and then i worked my way up in captain and captain both offshore trips and um bay trips was that there in, in galveston or somewhere else or? it was galveston and freeport okay so what kind of um what kind of trips did y'all normally do you know just like snapper stuff y'all doing tuna marlin that kind of thing or for the most part, we were doing um, snapper trips just because in in uh, Galveston Freeport with the continental shelf being so far off, that's kind of where your bread and butter is, is doing yeah. the snapper, kingfish during the summer. Um, but my true love and passion off, offshore is going out to do the tuna and the marlin, doing the 24-hour trips. Yeah, me too. Tuna yeah. yellowfin is just my favorite thing in the world to go catch, so... Um. We had probably the best yellowfin trip and bite I've ever been on and seen in this past December really? out of Galveston. It was phenomenal. Um, and we did a private trip there on the new Buccaneer out of Galveston. And oh. uh, we had 22 of us on the boat. We got out there, and I mean, it was top waters all night long. That is awesome. And if you ever see a hundred pound fish come out of the water and blow up on a top water bait, like you're kind of you're missing it if you haven't seen that. Because you better hold on. Is all I got to tell you. Yeah, it's something <laughs> impressive. You better be ready for it too. Yeah. I mean, redfish fight hard. Don't get me wrong, but uh, those tunas, man, they just don't give up, and uh, and they taste pretty darn good too. Yeah, they do. So. 
Well, that's cool, man. I love offshore stuff and uh, um, and that. And you know, and one of the things I'll ask you about then um, guiding because you, you know doing the the offshore stuff versus the inshore stuff, and it's a lot different. You know, I mean, just mm-hmm. there's a lot more there's a lot more elements involved with the offshore fishing. Kind of talking about that is like you know because you're battling a lot of more a lot more things. Weather, obviously, probably the number one issue, and just distance and and time, and then the clients. You know, yeah, you never know if they're going to get sick half the time or not until yep. you get out there. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot more elements. A lot more. A lot more things can go wrong when you're or go wrong when you're trying to run professional trips offshore. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got to be on on your A game when you're out there guiding stuff and uh, um and same with with inshore fishing but it's just most of the time not to the extreme that 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 involves. So that's cool, man. Um so how how did um you know guiding was it just something that you wanted to do always or did you just kind of fall into that or like how did that really fall into your lap? Yeah, no, it's kind of funny because I, um, my initial, my initial, uh, huge ambitions coming out of high school were I was going to go into, uh, Marines, do 20 years in the Marine Corps and get out and be a fishing guide. That's, that's what I wanted (laughs) to do. And, um, I, uh, went into the Marines and I did, did four years and decided that I didn't, uh, need to go the full 20 and, um, I actually got out and ended up um, living in Hawaii, teaching scuba diving, working boats out of there. And then doing that, I got into doing a lot more offshore fishing for fun. And then I started deckhanding boats out there and then came back and deckhanded out of Freeport and then got my captain's license and, you know, just, just got into it. So it was kind of a combination of something I've always wanted to do and something I kind of fell into, too. Yeah. And um, what's it like living in Hawaii? Um, it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's expensive. Yeah. Does everybody eat spam there like every day of the week? Or is There's it, a hey, lot. So, <laughs> such a big thing over there. I don't know if that's a rumor or if that's actually true. So. No, it is it is definitely true. There's a lot of spam consumed <laughs> out there. You can get um, spam rice and eggs at McDonald's. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's so. the largest... Uh, Largest importer of spam out of any state is Hawaii. <laughs> That's funny. I like spam. I mean, I ate a lot of spam growing up, but yeah. uh, but you know, to each their own, I guess. But uh, that's funny. So, yeah, I had I've had some friends that spent some time over there and uh, lived over there for a little bit, and and um, they always said that the off, the offshore stuff's just giant rollers seem like most of the time, and yep. not the chop that we have in the Gulf of Mexico. No, so. no. In fact, I'd say, I'd say, uh, if you're looking for most uncomfortable rides you can get in get in a boat, it's probably that chop in the Gulf of Mexico compared to those big Hawaiian yeah. rollers that just kind of come through. Yep. And I remember a funny story about that. My uh, friend of ours, who was the captain of the boat that we were decking offshore, ended up buying a trip with um, one of the Hanson brothers from Deadliest Catch. Oh, yeah. And uh, he came down. It was something through Garmin. And I think Johnny Walker was running the trip out of the yacht basin yeah, on yeah. the Katana. And um, I think uh, Bill Platt was on the trip. And then my buddy Chad from work. And then Ben got to go. And and uh, they went out offshore. And 
believe it or not, man, it was they were sicker than a dog, man, because they, they couldn't handle the chop. Really? There was nothing like the Bering Sea. <laughs> and I was like, so you survived the Bering Sea, and you come down here, and the Gulf of Mexico does you in. <laughs> that's funny. So, but I always thought that was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. So, well, you know, um, you, you were also in the medical field, correct? Yeah, so I um, did... Uh, Came back, um, came back to Texas from Hawaii and was, uh, my initial reason for coming back was I wanted to go back to college. It was time to go back to school. And, um, the reason I ended up in Galveston is my theory was if I didn't do good in school or college, I could always get a job on a boat. (laughs) So I ended up on the coast and then, um, ended up going in, going to college and getting a degree in nursing and working my way up, going back to school, becoming a nurse practitioner. And, um, I did that. And then I started, I kept guiding through nursing school, got out of it a little bit while I was doing it. Then as I became nurse practitioners, kind of got into the fly fishing thing. I started getting back in the guiding and kind of doing part-time the nurse, uh, practitioner thing let me say i got a really understanding wife so yeah (laughs) (laughs) and anyways uh guiding the fly trips kind of took off and so now i'm kind of going full full bore on on that stuff and that seems to be in my my opinion um like the last 10 years like fly fishing in the galveston bay complex which nationally is probably not known as like a peak i guess destination but it is and it is growing like every year i hear more people come down here to fly fish and 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 do that and so um is that kind of your same kind of seeing that more and more or how booked up do you stay and no it's um it's really taken off and um galveston it's it's got a lot going for it um one we uh we do have a good fishery a lot of redfish um it's getting more crowded before we didn't have as much uh as much pressure in the shallows because there weren't that many people live fishing now there's a little bit more but then also your proximity to um houston people Mm -hmm. coming down on business from colorado and california and whatnot wanting to book fly fly fishing trips they come in and we're a hop skip and a jump away Mm -hmm. so we get um get quite a few clients and it's getting a little bit more um more on the map now yeah definitely 100 percent. so and i think that's probably um i would assume you know kind of leading into the transition y'all are making now and opening up this new uh this new facility down there in galveston yep so how i mean this has got to be exciting for you and everybody else in g-town yeah having the the island's first fly shop right yeah, that's uh, that's what's looking like gonna happen. So no, we uh, um, ended up. I've had the idea of, of opening a fly shop, and then I kept telling myself it's not gonna work. It's not time yet. It's not gonna work. And then, like we were just talking about, seeing more and more people fly fishing, mm-hmm. um, fly fishing, and getting into it, and I'm getting a lot more interest. And um, decided that I think that it'll finally work. And I got to talking with our mutual friend Stacy Lynn about mm-hmm. it and um we talked about it and came together and decided that you know this is something that um the island needs and can support now yeah. and we're moving yeah. forward yeah and just the uh, I never realized just how much traffic came to Galveston but man once living down here now for almost 20 years and and stuff and 
just the cruise industry alone, how many mm-hmm. people come into that town yep. during the bulk of the year? Because the cruises run all year long. Yep. And, you know, usually they're here a day early or day late, which is probably one avenue to get clientele, you know, out on the water. You know, but like you said, Houston and just everybody that's in Houston and that comes in and wants to get out. Um, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this and, and everything. So, um, and it's going to be like... Like, tell us kind of where it's at and stuff. So the shop's um, going to be at uh, 2509 Market, which is basically 25th and Market Street downtown. Um, we got a nice nice building. It's an old historic turn-of-the-century building that we're going to be putting it in. And um, it's a good area, an area of town that's up and coming. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Good access. Don't have to pay for parking. Yeah, that's that's the very big plus for down <laughs> yeah. there. So, man, and y'all. So, like, um, is it gonna be like so? Kind of like, what are some of the goals for the shop? You know, are you gonna be selling lots of different fly rods and 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 flies from from uh, local? Y'all gonna be trying to eventually offer classes and that kind of thing, or? So we're trying to do all of the above. We're going to be, um, we're uh, definitely trying to sell um, sell the good, high quality um, fly gear, rods, reels, and whatnot. We're also trying to, uh, we're making it a point to bring in some of our local guys, some of our local manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So you'll see local brands out of Bayou Vista and the Houston area down mm-hmm. here that we'll represent in our shop. Y- y'all going to be doing um, any conventional stuff at all in the shop or having anything like that? or I think we're planning on having some conventional shop. Um, we're trying to uh, get conventional brands um, that you don't, uh, good conventional brands that you don't see see everywhere, such as Gene yeah. Loomis. Yeah, okay. And we should be um, should be carrying them. And then, other than that, we're going to be doing um, we're going to be running uh, guided trips out of there. Awesome. And we're also going to be uh, teaching teaching casting classes and that's all awesome. That. Yeah, yeah. I know I've been around Stacy, and I know she's really good at that. So she's very so good. I'm, at that. I'm 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 definitely not a great fly caster. I can <laughs> get it out there, but <laughs> but uh, um, I'm going to be signing up for some of those classes when y'all get going. So <laughs> come on down, man. That's cool. So and I know I know um, there's a lot of opportunities um, to get involved with the community down there, and I know um, we've got the fly fishing film tour coming here is that the end of this month or down at moody gardens i think yep april 29th and 30th um two it's going to be two nights um that they'll be showing it yeah and looking looking forward to that yeah it should be a lot of fun we're gonna have some vendors different skiff companies coming in showing Mm -hmm. off their boats and uh should be a really really cool thing that's cool so i know i wanted to talk to you a little bit about um fly fishing so like when i was growing up i was in college up in oklahoma at oklahoma state and and i remember one summer we were there and seeing there was a um it was like a two-week class on fly fishing like beginning fly fishing and uh, intro to fly fishing whatever it was called and so man i signed up for it me and a buddy and um first time i ever touched fly rod and man after that class you know i went out and bought all the gear and um, really got into it for a long time. Did a lot of um, freshwater trout fishing up in eastern Oklahoma. And, and 
the typical farm pond hopping and catching bluegills and bass and that kind of thing and and uh um of course i obviously watched you know a river runs through it you know, <laughs> you know that seems to be like a takeoff point for you know for so many people you know when they s- watched that movie when it came out and i've had you know, like tom Rowland on the show when he was guiding up up north and 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 they were like man it was just night and day what happened after that movie came out yeah like the sport of fly fishing like everybody wanted to be brad pitt i guess so yeah i think everyone <laughs> still wants to be brad pitt <laughs> so but um you know and and i think i think still like there's some um i don't know stigma or whatever about fly fishing like being kind of a a higher end thing but it's really it's it's affordable i mean it's not like everybody can't do it i think um and what y'all are going to bring to the island is y'all are going to open that up to a whole new demographic probably yeah and and be able to make it more um attainable for people to get out and see it and, and be part of that so yeah and it's i mean there is that stigma and um i think it comes from um it used to be there weren't that many different fly brands fly rods fly reels and stuff so you had this uh higher end thing and nowadays you can get into some really good rods for a lot cheaper and it yeah. doesn't have to be uh high in adventure anymore and you can do yeah. just as well yeah. as you know guys who are buying and using the high-end stuff so yeah. is we're definitely in a place where a lot more people have access to it and you know what we're trying to do in a shop is maintain that we want to mm-hmm. give as much access to people uh, as possible yeah i mean we've been fly fishing up here since we got here around this around the ponds and stuff and and uh um i know a couple of guys they caught 20 25 fish this morning out there on a fly rod i only caught three on conventional today so (laughs) but uh that that's cool man and 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 i love seeing people get into a a new hobby or something they've never experienced before you know and and my big passion is always like taking people turkey hunting for the first time and stuff fishing obviously um but but doing something new you know and and um so it's always cool see see that so yeah it's definitely definitely about especially with the kids like y'all do with coastal brigades and stuff when you get them and their fla- yeah. face lights up they catch that first redfish on a fly or yeah you know not just kids adults everybody but mm-hmm. that's what it's about and it's always i mean that's always been the thing like even when we were up here with the the bass brigade program when we were helping with that camp you know we always had fly tying um sessions and then fly casting sessions and then we brought that on down to coastal brigade when we started and those kids just i think it's it's probably if not the number one thing it's in the top two things they do the whole week yeah that's awesome. and that blows me away that's you awesome. know which is which is really cool um and man, some of the kids have went on and, and like made their own fly rods and start tying their own flies and, and i think we had one kid that ended up selling some flies at one of the local shops there <laughs> for a while you know and it's just amazing um seeing that passion from the youth and stuff these days and which you don't see a lot of it you know so um it's cool to, to be able to introduce them to that and stuff so um what have you got to travel around the world and have you fished a lot of other places went fly fishing a lot of other places or yeah, I fished. Um, I fished uh, Alaska, Wyoming, Ascension uh, Bay down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Ascension Bay like a is a really lifelong 
destination right there. Yep. So, what did you fish for down there primarily? Uh, primarily permit. Okay. Bonefish, they have great bone fishing down there, but um, permit is um, it's one of those holy grail fish. Yes. Yeah. Hard to, it's a pretty fish, hard to catch, and they turn their nose up at everything until that one magical moment happens where you get to see them eat a fly, and then it's 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 awesome. It's to me buck fever times ten. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to catch one. I'll probably have to go to Florida and try to catch one on live bait or something first on a <laughs> crab or something. But still, I'd like to catch a, a, a big permit and stuff. So that's cool. What um what all did you do up in Alaska? I did um, mainly uh, fishing for trout and doing mm-hmm. float trips. Okay, that's cool. And so yeah, it was down the Kenai. We caught um, caught some big fish. Yeah, some really big rainbows. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been up there since I was a little kid. I, I want to get back up there at some point. So Alaska's pretty pretty special place. Yeah, it is. I'd like so, to get back myself. But uh, get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, that's cool. So how is the... um How's the fishing been? And I don't know if you've been out much lately, but, I mean, in Galveston, you know, I mean, we've had a number of storms the last few years and stuff, but how's the fishing and fishing forecast in your eyes for our area? So, overall, um, I guess that's a two-part answer. So, overall, the the fishing's good. Right now, we're seeing a regular spring pattern, which is not good for fly fishing. Um, it's We're just still getting fronts through and a lot of wind so you can imagine the wind put the wind puts the fish down they're not tailing they're not up in the shallows Mm -hmm. and the fronts you know keep them keep them hugging the bottom to the mud a little bit more so that'll that'll get better come may and that's kind of normal overall though the fishery in galveston um it just seems to keep improving like year to year uh, as far as redfish um I just continue to see more see see more grass in the bay system, see clear water, the flats seem to be doing better and as right now I'd say that our bay's as healthy as it's been in a long time. Yeah. I don't know if you you no, agree I would, or I would agree with that, you know. I think um you know, the Galson Bay complex it's 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 very complex. Like yeah. there's <laughs> it's like geographically going across texas like you know you have east bay now trinity bay with the freshwater inflows and and all that and then in west bay is kind of its own little thing down there with all yeah. the the backwater lakes and and everything and and um for those that are listening i mean i may not be familiar with galveston bay but i mean it is a pretty uh like a dichotomous structure you know of water bodies all connected i mean we've got over 600 square miles of water there yeah and um do you ever spend much time over in east galveston bay or mostly in the west bay area mostly in the west bay there are a couple places i like to um i like to go to in east bay but uh to be honest east bay it's with the trinity river flowing in over there and the river flowing in it just um 
got a lot of nutrients, but for throwing flies and stuff, it keeps it a little bit dirtier. So. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, so in the shallows, it's it's a little bit harder for us, but there are a couple spots over there that yeah. get clear up and get pretty good. Yeah, it seems like a lot more uh, boat traffic has been concentrating on West Bay the last three to four years, and, mm-hmm. and uh, East Bay got hammered big time, you know, when we were having all the fresh water, pushing all the salt water over there and kind of pocketing a lot of fish over there in that bay and and uh, I think that kind of hurt it a little bit and then but uh you know if, like I said the the water clarity west bay I mean that's where all the seagrass is right now yeah and um definitely seen uh, I mean when I lived down here I don't think there was hardly any grass on the north shoreline of west bay and now it's about as far out as you can go yeah you know so which yeah. is pretty incredible yep I remember when it was mud pit myself and yeah. it's, now it's not I still talk to people who used to fish it and they're like, there's no grass up there. No, no, now there, now there is. Yeah, yeah, a lot of grass, and there's a lot of conservation projects ongoing and and stuff that have kind of helped, you know, yeah. the area of the bay and and um, and and things and you know, I mean, we're all fighting the oyster stuff right now with what all's going on with that. But uh, um, there's always going to be issues. Each system is going to be dealing with. I mean. You know, I'm I'm glad we're not having to deal with what they're dealing with in Florida down around the Everglades and with all yeah. those issues and but you know, that could happen here yeah. fairly easily. So but um you know, and I think that's I don't know, it seems like redfish always um seem like they rebound a lot faster after, you know, the storms and stuff like um getting back into areas, you know, quicker you know than, than the trout and, and things like that yeah. um from what i've seen you know when, when i hit in 2008 and the whole bay pretty much got emptied out and then you know all the silt that came back in but it seemed like the redfish numbers like people were catching redfish everywhere right after that storm yeah so they kind of hear the same thing over in venice when they have all the hurricane stuff over there like after the storm man fishing's usually off the charts for a while so yeah but um hmm. well um Besides redfish, what else do y'all normally target on your trips when you're running? So running the saltwater fly trips, um, redfish are, that's usually the main target species we're, we're going to go for. Um, we do get into trout, especially some, some bigger trout. Um, that's honestly probably a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more challenging to get get those those big trout to mm-hmm. bite and take those big streamers. So we like to go catch our sea trout and then um sheephead, which is a yeah. underrated underrated fish My but favorite. Yeah, we <laughs> call it the the Texas permit in the fly world because man, it's hard to get them to eat. But yeah. if if you do it's something to be proud of. That's why you got a picture of me with a sheep's head, not a yeah. redfish. Are you normally using like a crab imitation or or what? I'd say crab's about the best I have is, or the best luck I have. Um, my trick with that is to basically cast out, try to get it far enough away, not to spook them, and then just a slow tick across the bottom. Just tick, 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 tick real slow and just keep throwing at them until they either eat yeah. or spook. Yeah. So how hard is it as a fly guide? It's it's completely different than guiding in a in a center console. You know, conventional fishing is like I mean, your the attention to detail. I mean, you're basically the eyes and ears of your client. Yeah. You know, on the pulling skiffs and 
and uh, kind of talk a little bit about that and kind of your mindset on that. Well, it's, you know, it's all about um, eyes and seeing because a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people, if you go to any water, any new um, water system, your eyes have to adjust to it. So, like, if I go fish permit in Mexico, it takes at least a day, if not more, for my eyes to get to look in, seeing the permit and seeing the bonefish. And so, when you're up there as a guide, um, you're pretty much the eyes. So, you're standing on top of the polling platform, pushing the skiff, and um, you're basically the eyes and ears, and you're trying to get it. And then, when you uh, get on the fish, you have to pay attention and... Um, you have to try to set your client up because a lot of it also depends on the client skill level but you know you want them to give them the best opportunity right. so are they throwing left-handed are they throwing right-handed how are you going to angle the boat to be able to make the shot and it's uh it's definitely a lot of teamwork that you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have with your client yeah that's a cool like um like you develop more of a relationship, I think, with your clients fly fishing. I think sometimes yeah. than 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 kind of say the type of fishing I'm doing. You know, um, where we're fishing bait or artificial lures or whatever. Um, but uh, it's kind of cool, you know, being able to. I would imagine being able to. Basically, you're putting them like you need to cast right here and and uh, how far for like yeah. so when you take like a a beginning fly fisherman someone with not a lot of experience maybe never caught a redfish before like usually like i mean do they miscast most of the time do they end up spooking the fish or i mean is it about a 50 50 ratio (laughs) i mean it's about all the above so uh (laughs) first um if i'm taking somebody who's new i try to take them out before we start actually fishing um i try to have them have them cast and we basically say make a 40 foot cast here and i see what 40 foot is to them because i'm trying to get in my head when i see fish and i'm calling out because what 40 foot is to them might be 30 foot it might be 50 foot but it changes per client so i try to get that in my head and then um try to get them to casting and then i think what happens most of the time and is the buck fever is they see that red fish and then everything they've learned everything they know it's just yeah it's like a bow hunter or something it's just <laughs> out the window slapping the water and you got to get get those jitters out and get them to calm down and then they can make it yeah make so you it see happen. a pretty good uh, transgression in their progress over the day yeah you know by the end of the day they're they're experts <laughs> yeah by the end of the day they're usually getting getting a lot better but um now i'd say biggest biggest problems i see with um new anglers coming out on the boat is um haven't practiced enough and they haven't practiced into the wind and practiced their casting i mean nothing can it's like anything nothing can substitute practice yeah um and then uh when they um if they do get a fish and they get a fish to hook trout setting not letting the fish run or even just being so excited where when the fish comes they go to set it and they pull a fly out of the fish's mm-hmm. mouth yeah well i don't have a lot of experience doing that <laughs> with, with the saltwater stuff so um i'll definitely be a beginner if i get to go out with you at some point so 
Yeah, but sure. uh, would love to get get out there and, and do some fishing with you and and um, and stuff. But uh, so, do you, have you got kids? I do. I've got yeah. a six year old and three year old. Yeah. So, have they shown any interest in the the water side of things? Or yeah, the six year olds into it. I haven't started the fly fishing process yeah. with it, but. Um, I've gotten them out there catching fish and doing the old hard head on some dead shrimp yeah. under the popping cork in our yeah. backyard. And yeah, it's uh, my son's definitely into it. I'm pretty sure my daughter's going to be. Yeah. We're going to make her. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Both my kids, man, they love the sheepshead's their favorite thing to catch, man. Somebody was asking yeah. me, he's like, did you bring, because we made some ceviche the other night. And I was like, uh, you snapper. And they were like, well, that sounds great. He's like, I prefer sheep's head. <laughs> so, it's like, but my kids never let us keep any. Like, they catch them and they want to eat them that night, <laughs> yeah. the next night. So, which is pretty incredible. So, they're, they're spoiled. I know that. So, but, well, that's cool, man. Well, what kind of skiff do you run? Uh, right now, I'm running a Hell's Bay. Okay. Hell's Bay Professional um, 20, 2017. So, Bought it new and taking care of it, and it's been it's been a workhorse. That with the Yamaha seventy on it, and yeah, it's just a, it's a workhorse of a boat. Yeah, that's awesome. So, was um, um, so like for me growing up, for me, you know, you watch all these shows on TV growing up. Like I'm from Oklahoma, so Jimmy Houston was always number one. That was my favorite person to watch. But what probably got me more hooked into fishing than anything was watching flip palette you know when he had the walker k chronicles show oh, yeah. going on and and um did stuff like that influence you at all or i mean did you see any of that growing up a lot or oh yeah definitely flip palette was on um, spanish fly was yeah. another um fly fishing one and seeing the difference seeing people hook tarpon that's still Still something I've been, I've seen, I haven't personally hooked, um, hooked my own tarpon, but that's still one of my bucket list, but yeah, all that, um, all that, uh, played a part, and it's just, yeah. it was really what got me into it, into fly fishing in general, was I didn't get into it until after I was a guide, and doing the blue water stuff, and you know, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed bay fishing, I've always enjoyed fishing of any kind, but then I kind of bought a fly rod on a on a whim, and I went out and started just practicing, wading out, and you know, just casting, messing around. And I still remember the first fish I ever hooked on a fly rod with a fly tied. It was just needlefish, and that yeah. was just a little needlefish in the shallows. But I was as excited as I was when I was a kid catching wow. that fish, and it brought brought that whole feeling that i got when i was a kid and from then i was hooked i mean it get just the challenge of all of it and then i've just you know progressed and gotten into the permit thing a redfish permit and tarpon that's awesome. and all that that's 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 crazy you know and uh um i think we all probably have um experiences we can relate to that you know yeah. growing up in our fishing careers and stuff and and uh um you know i was I got my first tarpon in the boat um, two years ago over in, near St. Pete's in Florida, um, over there fishing with my buddy Chris Camps, and then, uh, but uh, probably two years before that, we was fishing over there with him, and it's the first one I ever hooked, and um, I've never experienced anything. I mean, tuna fishing's a little bit different. I mean, just the 
you know, the tarpon basically come and hit, like, right at the back of the boat. Yeah. And, I mean, two miles later, you know, we're <laughs> fighting this thing. And it eventually threw the hook on me, but we got, like, eight jumps out of it, and and uh, which was just unbelievable, feeling the power of those fish. And and uh, it's uh, definitely addicting. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And we'll go. We see them when, when I go on my Mexico trips. They're, they're always down there and uh, just be honest focus on permit is kind of where it is but I've, I've got the baby tarp but i need one of those big we've, 80 plus pounders we're seeing more and more in galveston bay yeah we and, are um i mean I, I mean where i work you know obviously we're encountering them quite a bit and then um we're seeing more snook up in our area you know a yeah. lot of snook are there they're they're probably not like targetable i guess still but there's a lot of a lot of fish up there in the galveston bay complex and and some big ones i mean we've yeah. we've, we've encountered some fish up to almost pushing 30 inches up there so especially down on the the far west end of west bay and um but uh you know it's kind of kind of cool to see that and um don't know if it's from warmer temperatures over winter which we've had some really cold winters and those fish are still up here you know yeah. usually you know they're like oh they go back down south when it gets cold well they're not leaving <laughs> no that's i've noticed that too with um i think it is i think it might be warmer water temperatures with the the snook seeing them which is super rare but you're right there there and then the tarpon and um then the other thing that and uh you tell me you're your thoughts on but it seems like i'm seeing mangroves creeping farther oh, yeah. north too a lot of mangrove snapper you know i yeah. think they it seemed like they took a little bit of a a vacation from our area you know the numbers for a couple of years but the last two years i mean we've seen quite a few you know yeah. we encounter quite a few and i know a lot of people that target them in the bay you know i mean i used to go out and i had a couple spots man one down in freeport but couple spots up in you know central galveston bay area where we'd go out and we'd catch 40 to 60 mangrove snapper in a day free yeah. line and bait you know shrimp to them and stuff and uh, you know and they in in our base system they don't get they don't stay big they, once they get a certain size they tend to move offshore but i mean you know eight inch fish to to 18 inch fish maybe you know possibly and and, uh, and uh, so that was always cool getting to target some of those spots but there's a lot more people on the water now, and yeah. a lot of those spots I've kind of lost and need to find some new ones where they're hiding at. So, yeah. <laughs> so but, you know, COVID, uh, we talk about it all the time, but COVID, man, it brought so many people into the fishing world. Didn't it? It's I mean, crazy. it was nuts, man. It was like a light switch went off, and uh, it seemed like May 15th of, the, of 2020. You know, I was shut down from my charter for over two months when the world stopped, and and I remember, like, May 15th, man, my phone started ringing and never stopped. Yeah. I guess it's just because people thought it was a good way to get out and do something safely, you know, away from everybody else and, and be out on the water. And, and they were with their families. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's how it was pretty much for us is I guess there's not much else. Restaurants are closed. Bars yeah. and stuff were closed. So what are you going to do? Go, go fishing. And, I mean, it's, it's good for business. Sometimes yeah. it's... It's a little frustrating seeing it on the bay, but I mean, it's yeah, I mean, overall, it's you just good. have to deal with that. I mean, yeah. you, you can't blame people for wanting to go fishing. So no, not there's at all. there's plenty of room out there, and I know some people get super frustrated with it, but um, you know, I get frustrated with it when I'm catching a lot of fish and somebody comes in. But you know, 
most time they don't know. Uh, they yeah. just they're just not not aware what what's going on and and stuff. So I just try not to get bent out of shape about it. So <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, it's and that's what I try to explain to my clients and everyone else. If we run into that, you know, there's sometimes someone getting a little little aggro out there, but it's it's everybody's water. And yeah. I mean, it is, and that's it's just the way it is. It's a resource yeah. we all. Everyone yep. has a right to enjoy. I thought we had a lot of boats on our water until the first time I went and fished over in Tampa Bay. That that oh, bay yeah. system over there is insane. Like I, I <laughs> the fish got to be going every which way <laughs> but loose. So I, I think you know they've told me a couple times that's like the biggest um, center console market in the United States really? is, is that bay system. Yeah. So I I believe it after fishing over there for the past five six years. So. But that's cool, man. So, well, where, um, why don't you tell us where everybody can find out about the new shop and follow you on social media and, and that kind of thing? So, you can um, find out about the new shop at um, www.galvestonfishingcompany.com. You can follow us um, at, the, you can follow the shop at, uh, on Instagram at Galveston Fishing Company. And you can follow me personally at um, Galveston Fly Fishing Adventures, which is the name of uh, my guide service. Awesome. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can come get your information. And we're hoping uh, to have the shop open by the end of May is what our target date. And nice. Yeah, go from there. Well, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I'll definitely be there for the grand opening of that thing. And, uh, that's awesome. Look forward to working with you on some projects here in the future. And uh, hopefully we can share a, share a boat together sometime soon. That, so. that sounds great. Thank you for yeah. having me on the podcast and uh, having yeah. me up here at the ranch. Heck yeah, man. Well, hopefully uh, we can get out tonight and tonight or tomorrow night and go shoot some pigs. Sounds fun to me. (laughs) All right, Eric. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right. are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. 
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.